Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Andrew McCart, IFL TV. Delighted as always to be joined by my good mate, Josh Taylor. Um, Josh. There's a lot to talk about, but first and foremost, how's things, mate? I know you're down in Liverpool. I can see you in the, your flat down there. So how's things? Yeah, good, mate. Just uh, training away, ticking over, you know. Um, I just down there ticking over and I keeping fit, getting back to it. So I feeling good, mate. And everything's good, I. So how's yourself? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I've always been just, I stay in Glasgow now, so I can't nip your heat and just nip your house anymore because I live too far <laughs> away. But uh, you know for a fact if. If I still live in Edinburgh, mate, I'll be chapping your door nearly every weekend for a chat. But listen, uh, you've, you've caused a little bit of a stir again on, on, on that Twitter with, with, with the Jack Catterall and, and, and all the rest of it. And I just want to jump straight into the deep end. Before we talk about the fight last night and stuff like that, um, there's been a lot made of this uh, offer made from Eddie Hearn and Eddie Hearn saying that you, got paid, you must have got paid handsomely if that's 80% of a pay cut from your last fight. I just want to get your side of the story on all this. Well, first of all, yes. Um, I've not really had any dialogue with them really I, it was my lawyer that got the offer sent through with the figures um, to top rank and top rank basically turned around and says no because the figure was just way too low um, and I you're right I got paid handsomely for the first fight um, and, and don't get me wrong I'm not stupid when you take your um, your wages go down you're going to take a part of the game so fucking stupid you know what I mean but an 80% pay cut is far too much do you know what I mean? Nobody's going to go and work for that and just say, aye, okay, I'll take that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to fight for buttons. It's that Essentially, I know there's no titles on the line anymore, but like it's actually a bigger fight than the first one because of all the controversy around it all. It's a bigger fight. It'll do more pay-per-views, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a more valuable fight, in my opinion, You know, um, because all around it, people will be tuning in to see it. So I think it... It is a bigger fight, although there's no belt on the line. It's a bigger fight. I mean, under and I said, I've just said, like I understand you've got to take a pay cut, but an eighty percent, near enough eighty percent pay cut. Now you're all right. You're going to have to go and sharpen the pencil a bit, mate, and come up to somewhere reasonable. If they come back with that offer, Josh, because a lot of people are saying, and you, you see it yourself on social media saying that you're ducking Jack and and whatnot. But if they come back with the offer that you see fit, 
you're going to jump at the chance to get into this rematch? Of course, 100%. If they come back with a, an offer that is sensible and we're like, right, okay, well, fucking right, we're going to do it. I'm not going to fight for nothing, am I? It's a big fight, so why am I not going to be expecting to get big fight wages? And the same with Jack. Same with Jack's side. He should be saying the same as well. He's just taking the first offer he's getting from Eddie. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a bigger fight. So there's more money on the table. Where would you like this fight to be, Josh? Obviously, the first one was in Glasgow. Jack's probably standing his ground. It'll probably be in Manchester. Are you bothered where this fight takes place? Well, I'm not bothered where it fights, where it fights anywhere. I'll fight him anywhere. But realistically, did you see his last fight? I was there. Liverpool, he had all the scouts, uh, fighters on the undercard who filled the arena. And as soon as they were finished, they all bolted and he fought about in front of about 800, 900 people. So if that's the kind of draw he is, uh, how's it going to be in Manchester? But if he wants to put in Manchester, I'll fight anywhere. I'll fight him anywhere. But really, he's not a draw. He sells about 500 tickets. Couldn't he sell out a phone box? They're saying the same thing on, on their side reference, obviously. The Hulu feet are not being full and you're not, uh, your fight with Ramirez not being televised. <laughs> were you there? I wasn't in. Was, no, I wasn't in New York. Unfortunately, no. There was a uh, Uma. Uma was there. It was full. It was sold out. Yes, it was the, the Hulu theater, and that's what I said. Yes, it was the theater, but it was full. It was sold out. All my fight. All my fights are sold out. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, that's it. That's basically that's what it is. That's all it was. Josh, do you feel disrespected in in, in the boxing world? Uh, obviously, when becoming the first bit to become undisputed in the four belt era not being picked up from a, a UK network, then all this sort of stuff. It feels like Sam Jones said to me today that you've not had is, your flowers and you deserve your flowers for being the first undisputed from Britain in the, the four-built era. Do you feel disrespected by all this? No, really not. I couldn't really give a fucking monkey, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? But the thing with the, the, the broadcast on no um, picking up, I believe Eddie Helm was sort of going through the phasing out thing with his guy and the transition to the zone. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's how it never ended up being on Sky, the um, BT or the top rank, because I think Eddie Helm was coming through off away from uh, Sky and going through the transition period with, with the zone and that. I think that's how it ended up not being on Sky. So I'm not really I'm not really bothered anyway. Do you know, I've done what I've done. I've achieved something that nobody's achieved in the UK and the, the one and only in the UK until Tyson Fury fights uh, Usyk, that fight, and they might have two, but I'm the first one who's ever done it, so I don't care what anybody says, nobody's done what I've done, and I'm proud of it. Definitely, mate, and obviously I was lucky enough to be out in, in Vegas there to, to, to witness that, And um, but obviously going forward, the Teofimo Lopez was down at 140, and a lot of people were saying that you should have moved up after Jack Carroll, some people actually saying you should have moved up after Ramirez, but in yeah. your own sort of now, now looking back at it, Josh, those two fights have happened. Should you have moved up after Ramirez? It's all, it's, it's all very good and well in hindsight and stuff. You know, like I was, I was going to be aiming at moving up anyway after the Ramirez fight, but we had made the deal that if Jack moves aside and lets me fight first, I'll fight him. I'll fight him next, mm. and that's what I done. Took the guy's hand, made the handshake, made the deal, and says okay, and I, and I kept to my word, and then I kept my word to make the, the rematch as well, but. I couldn't help with, you know, it was a pretty bad injury, a pretty horrific injury, actually. So it took me a long time to recover from that, and I probably should have put the Lopez fight back a wee bit as well, but 
it's all it's all said and done. It's all it's all been done. But when that happened, instead of Jack waiting and getting a and Ben uh, Shalom waiting and getting a another date secured and confirmed and ready to go, and he went away and took another fight against someone else in, in a March date, which then ended up falling through. But by that point, top rank had been in, in touch with me to say that the WBO or that mandate you to fight Teofimo Lopez. So my hands were tied. It was either that or take, uh, get my belt stripped off me. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll fight Teofimo. Let's go. It's a big fight. Huge fight. Madison so, Square Garden as well. So you couldn't really mess up that opportunity because how many fighters get to fight at the Madison Square Garden as well? Do you know what I mean? I might never get to fight at Madison Square Garden again or New York again or America again. So of course I was going to take that opportunity with both hands. You know, it's another, it's another thing ticked off my bucket list of the, the, the amount of I've achieved in this sport, you know, it's like as many fighters, including my own, it was a dream come true fighting in Madison Square Gardens, you know. So, I absolutely was going to take the fight, and I had to. My, my hands were tied, really. You know, it was take the fight or lose your belt. Definitely, you know, so. exactly, exactly. Mate. Listen, this fight with Jack, would you cab it? Okay? Sorry, oh, eating. oh, I'm not really bothered about belts and this and that, I just want the fight. But then the, the next interview, he's saying. Oh, I want to be world champion. My main focus is to be world champion. I'm really bothered about Josh Taylor. And then he's just flew all the way over there. Never even thought of, never even looked at, never mean thought of. Wasted time, wasted journey. He's got nowhere to go. He's trying more at me. Uh, he's got nowhere to go. He's, he's, he's no draw. He sells about 500 tickets. He's not got a belt. And he's not got a fight. So he's got nowhere to go. Except for me getting him his payday. And that's the reality of it. And his, his, his career highlight of claim to fame is crying about a loss for two years. Would, what a career I'm proud of. <laughs> Josh, would you, obviously, you're not going to make 140 again. Would you, would, is this going to be at a catch weight or 147? Probably a catch weight or 147. But if I'm going to 147, I'm going to 147. You know? So. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it, but I'm definitely won't be at 140. Obviously, there's a lot to contracts and stuff like that, and before you even get an offer, the contract needs to be written up, and there needs to be things, that, or then, you know the old saying, the T's crossed and the I's dotted and all that nonsense, so there's a lot to this fight that needs to be sort of ironed out before we actually see you two in the ring. Well, there's, I don't think there's that much, really, you know, obviously, money and locations, you know, but... Um, Obviously, I want to fight Jack, but I'm not going to fight for, and I'm not going to sell myself short and accept the first offer that they, that they throw to me. <clears throat> you know, be a fucking idiot to do that. What uh, are you bored with all this? Like walking out second, announced first, poster being first on the poster. Are you bored about all that? No, really, no, mate. It doesn't really bother me. But who's who's the bigger draw in this fight, me or Jack? So, but I, I don't really give a fuck if he walks first or if I walk first. I don't care. We're going to go in there and fight. How much does this mean to you? To, obviously, after everything in the first round, one more on this before we talk about something else, uh, Josh, obviously. After the first fight, how much does it mean to you to get back in there with Jack? To sort of, sort of He's the same, I believe, that he wants us to just settle the score once and for all. And I think a lot of boxing fans feel the same. I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. Just want to put it to bed, move on. So, I mean, that that's it. Get in there, get him in the ring, and then move on. That's it. Do the fight, beat him again, and then move on with my career. That's it. 
But obviously, you you called out Devin. I don't know if you called out Devin Haney last night after this win. You you were very you you praised him over the win that it was a complete shutout and that basically Progre never had an answer for him after the middle rounds and you were very complimentary towards Devin Haney. Um, yeah. and then basically said, "Listen, I'll fight you and I'll give you the fight of your life." Um, yeah, I mean. Talk to me about Devin Haney. First of all, talk to me about the fight itself. In fact, Josh, you've shared the Ring Regis program. You know how good he is. But talk yeah. to me about Devin Haney did last night. I thought Devin Haney was was brilliant from the very first bell. Um, I, he maybe lost one round. In fact, maybe never even lost a round. I don't think. You know, it was it was almost a complete shutout. You know, it was um, it was just two steps ahead the whole time. His feet, his reactions, his defence, and his offence was just it was it was just a, it was a great um, performance from him. You know, it was. It was fantastic, to be fair, you know. So um, Regis just didn't look like he just didn't get going. He couldn't catch his rim, couldn't catch his timing. I don't know, you know. And I said that in a couple of interviews before the fight happened. I thought I just think, I just think going off last performances, I think that Haney's a bit too young and sharp and fresh, um, and that's what it looked like last night. Um, so fair play to him. He, he, he made quite easy work of Regis Progre last night. And it was a great performance to watch. You know, um, he's talking about moving up, and that's why I said I'll fight you at one four seven catch weight. He's already talking about moving up to one four seven. So I'm like, all right, I'll throw my toppings worth in. You know, I'll fight you, man. Let's go. It'll be a great fight. How do so, you beat him then, Josh? Because obviously, Lomachenko fight, you probably think to yourself, he's had, he's got trouble. He, he trouble. He has trouble with southpaws. But then we just progress. Made it look easy. You're a southpaw. Yeah. How do you approach the game? You, you, you see things that you can do better and things that you can you think you can expose and work on and that as well. So you've always you always got a plan of things that you think you can do against these guys. But he, he is he is a a complete fighter, I reckon. He's very good. That that performance last night was uh, impressed me to be honest. You know, he was very good in all departments of the of the game. His feet work, his defence, his offence, you know, just his timing, his ring craft, his movement. Everyone was just, he was spot on last night, you know, so hats off. It was a great performance. I mean, you look at the 147 pound division right now, Haney moves up to it. You've got Terence Crawford, Barrios, uh, Boots Ennis, Virgil Ortiz, yourself, yeah. Connor Ben. I mean, you've got some, I mean, that's just, yeah. that's, that's a tasty little division, Josh. I know, I've always said that the, the welterweight division for the last, Ten years has been the sexy division, you know. It's mm. where all the big, where all the big fights are. Always has been. So, yeah, and it still is, you know. So, I'd love to be in the mix with these guys, you know. And I've always been, and I've always said, me at my best and performing my best. There's nobody that can beat me, you know. Obviously, Lopez beat me. So, <laughs> but that wasn't the, I wasn't the best version of myself, I believe. You know, there was things going on in that fight. But listen, I, I went in the fight, and he beat me. So, but me at my best. Man, I'm a very hard um, opponent to beat. Josh, I, I've known you since what? Since you were a young kid when you were still an amateur. You, I don't think even, I think you had just won the bronze and the silver in Delhi or something like that. I can't remember yeah. now. But listen, I know how much Manny Pacquiao means to you. You got to be, you know, you know where I'm going with this, right? Because I know you named <laughs> your dog Manny. You've got a tattoo of your dog Manny on your leg. You named the yeah. man. Your idol growing up was Manny Pacquiao. Now, about a month ago, Top Rank or Bob Arum or somebody from Top Rank said that they're looking to make Manny Pacquiao versus Josh Taylor. Now, when I read that, I was like, 
Josh would love that because you've grown up sort of half idol, idolizing that man as, a, as yeah. a young player coming through. Now, how serious was that? And two parts to this question: How serious was that offer, if any? And would you jump at the chance to face Manny Pacquiao? Listen, if I got the chance to even stand in the same room as that man, never mind share a ring with him, I would, I would jump at it. You know, he's my hero. You know, like you just said, the day my dog after him, and everything, you know, and watched all his fights and. You know, I just loved him, man. Like, as a fighter, he was just my hero. Like, you know, so to even just stand in the same room as the man would be, you know, a dream a dream come true to stand and even speak to the man, shake a guy's hand. You know, so it would be amazing. But I haven't heard anything. It was, I, the first I heard or ever saw but was on Twitter. I thought, all right, that's a bit random, you know. But, you know, obviously, if that came around, I'd jump at the chance out there, man, to, to share a ring with, with my idol, my hero, just to even be in the same ring as him, man. I would just, I would not think I would want to throw a punch at him, you know, I would just be standing, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, he's my hero, like, but, you know, again, like, taking that fight, if I took that fight, apart from a huge, huge payday, what do I get out of that? Like, because if I go in there and I win, I beat a, an old Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. If I go in there and get beat, it's like, you go beat with an old man. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's kind of a lose lose situation. But that's I've I've not heard anything about it. I've not done anything. But you know, to have the opportunity to share the ring with my hero would be amazing, man. That would be that would be me a happy man. I know, I know. Like I said, I know how much you you like that guy coming through. But you said you would never throw a punch at him. And I think Josh, again, I've known you for a wee while now. I know as soon as you somebody hits you in the face, man. The stuff- <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna say you listen, as soon as Pacquiao hit you in the jaw, man, you'd be like, fuck this, I'm going. <laughs> Obviously, like, you know what I mean? But I was just saying, like, how would be feeling, do you know what I mean? It would be like the ring of my my idol here, man. This is like pinch me. Do you know what I mean? Is this really happening? That's what it would be like. Yeah. You know, so aye, man, I, like if, if anything like that ever came around, man, I, I could definitely just say thanks very much, Buck. And see you later, I'd die a happy man. Share the ring with my hero. Mm. You know what I mean? Josh, boxing's a funny game, right? You know yourself, boxing is a funny old fighters getting fights just out the blue and this guy becoming a world champion out the blue and upsets happening here and, and, and whatnot. Now, Conor Ben, uh, Chris Eubank Jr., looks like it's, I mean, it's getting close now, this third February date. Um, we don't know what's happening. We're saying we're going to hear some news and it's the weeks are dragging on and dragging on. Eddie Hearns came out and said that um, Conor will be fighting February 3rd whether it be Chris Eubank Jr. or not, right? So would you chuck your yeah. name in the hat for Conor Ben? Because Conor needs a big name as well. He needs this standout opponent. He needs this guy. I'll, that's... Fight. I'll fight anybody, Andrew. But this Conor, this whole Conor Ben situation is thinking. It just thinks The whole thing just, just thinks. Um, like, I don't think he should be boxing. He shouldn't be anywhere near a ring. He's not failed one but two drug tests. And you still not explained how it ended up in your system, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just think the whole thing's been handled really badly. Um, but you know, I, I would fight any, I would fight anybody, Andrew. You know, I would, I would fight anybody. But um, I just think that whole situation's is stinking. You know, it's, you don't know what's happening, you don't know what's being said, you don't know what's being proven or what. So, I can't really say much on it, really, to be honest. But um, all I know is, as a factor, you failed two separate tests, and you're talking about fighting. Do you know what I mean? It's you shouldn't be 
anywhere near a ring when you failed two separate tests for a substance that we all know now what it is. Like after those so many times and what's been said about it, we all know what it is now. So looks like it wasn't a mistake. Like I'm not saying yes or no, but you know it doesn't look very good. But um, yeah, I just think the the whole situation's been handled really badly. And it is dragging on a bit. They do, I do, I do actually feel a little bit for Connor because he's, it has been dragged on. But it could have been resolved and done, and he maybe served his ban by now or whatever, you know. But um, uh, it's, it's, it's not the whole situation's not been not been great. Mm. Josh, back to you though, mate. Like you had one fight in twenty twenty, one fight in twenty one, one fight in twenty two, one fight in twenty three, twenty twenty four. Man, what are you hoping for? I, mean, I just want to get active again. I want to get active again. You know, obviously, I was on a real good roll after the pro-grey fight. And then the whole world just came crashing down, didn't it? With COVID and all that crap. So, um, all the lockdowns and everything. So, my, my career just came to a halt. You know what I mean? It was just, not just my career, everybody's career. Everybody's sort of career went on, on hold, you know. So, it's been a little bit frustration, uh, frustrating because I feel like, I was on a real high coming into my prime, coming into my zone, and then it just got shut down. You know what I mean? Like, I had three fights in three years, which is, which is shit. Like, you know what I mean? I should be fighting at least two or three times a year. I want to try and hopefully fight three times next year. Might be, might be a bit of squeeze thing, three, but definitely two, at least. Now, listen, you know yourself, and it's going to be a biased jock question because a lot of Scottish boxing fans, we don't get the big nights in Scotland unless Josh Taylor's in town. Will you be fighting in Scotland again next year? I would love to fight back in Scotland, yeah, absolutely. Especially for big fights, you know. So, um, and hopefully in the in the summer as well, so I can maybe maybe get my my Easter Road or the Edinburgh Castle fight. You know, that would be amazing. You know, so I absolutely. Um, and I've always said that I always want to keep bringing the big nights to Scotland because we, we don't really get we don't really get big shows up there anymore. You know, especially with like a lot a, a few of the smaller promoters now we're only putting as many shows on anymore so we're not really getting we're getting kind of starved at big events up the road so I, if, I, if I get the opportunity to fight in Scotland I'll always fight in Scotland I think a lot of the Scottish boxing fans that'll be music to their ears especially coming into 2024 because we've got some young prospects coming through you know young Mike McHale he, he's he's on the scene he's doing his thing he's looking excited I've been to every single one of his fights so far he's looking good so we do have some very talented young fighters coming through and yeah. if they can get on your undercard and get a big exposure, then... Yeah, then... absolutely. All the lads, the, the Commonwealth Games mob, the team, all, all, all the lads are all coming through. They're all very, very talented laddies. And they just need the opportunity to showcase some skills. You know what I mean? Like, get on a platform. And if, if I can give them an opportunities by having shows in Scotland and they can get on undercards man, and show what they can do and showcase their talent, you know, that's, I'll always... If I have the choice to fight in Scotland, I'll always fight in Scotland if I have the choice for that reason, because it's for Scotland, mm. you know, because we, get, we don't get the big shows up there. You ever thought about becoming a promoter after you retire from fighting? <laughs> nah, I don't know. I don't know, nah. I'm going to be getting it in my bikes, I think, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have known that. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind, you know, sort of, maybe even just helping a couple of fighters, help, helping out with training them and stuff like that, you know, that, that would be That'd be quite rewarding, passing passing on my knowledge. Every time I'm back home, I like going into Lock End and I, I pass my 
knowledge onto the young fighters in the gym, you know, the amateurs, and spend time with them, take them on the pads and coach them and talk to them and speak to them. So that I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing that. So I'd probably do something like that when I'm finished. Is there money in bikes, Josh? <laughs> Aye, but it all comes out of your own pocket. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, you you probably spent a good fortune on bikes right now, anyway, in your career. So, um, I know how much you enjoy the bikes, you and your dad. Yeah, but Josh, yeah, listen. One final one from me. Have you got anything you'd like to add? Any say anything to the boxing fans? What your plans are for twenty twenty four? Have you got anything you'd like to add before we close this up? No, nah, nothing really. Just everybody watching this or seeing this, whether you're a fan or whether you hate me or whatever, I don't care. Have a have a merry Christmas and have a great time off. Spend some time with your loved ones and your cherished ones and your family, and and uh, yeah, have a good one and have a good new year and see you all in the next year. And to my supporters, thank you very much for your support all this way, man. It's um, he's a brilliant, so thank you very much, Josh. Well said, mate. Listen, fingers crossed, we get some fight news for you. And like you said, I hope you fight three times next year and you can bring a big fight back to Scotland. Um, that's just me being biased and selfish, I suppose. But that's what I hope. You bring the big fights back to Scotland because I think we need it, especially these young boys coming through. But other than that, Josh, if I don't speak to you before Christmas, you have a great Christmas, you and Danielle and your family. Send my love to them all and uh, I'll catch you in the new year, no doubt, mate. And you, mate. Nice one, Andy. Cheers, hey, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.